This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. The Other Side of Midnight. I'm superstar Frank Morano, and as Frank Costanza said on Festivus, I've got a lot of problems with you people, and I have decided to denounce some of you. I'm holding in my hands a list printed out courtesy of Elias of people that have done something worthy of being denounced for. Only happens once a week, right at this time. If this is too much for you to handle, I'll give you a five-second warning to have to tune out. I don't blame you. It can be very jarring. Five, four, three. You have been warned. It is time for... The Other Side of Midnight presents... Denunciation. I must denounce Lee Kang-in, the midfielder for the South Korean football team, and by football we mean soccer, who was forced to issue an apology for his role in an off-field fight that left the Korean team captain with an injured finger. Now, we don't know exactly what led to this fight, but the guy got into a fight, and now he's injured. He's injured because he couldn't keep himself in check enough, couldn't control himself enough, to not get into a fight. I mean, to me, this is just stupid. Reminds me of when the Mets closer had to play in the World Baseball Classic and he couldn't help but injure himself in the uh, in the frivolity and the fun of the celebration. So Ling Kang Ling Lee Kang In, I do denounce you. I must also denounce San, uh, the seven Trenton police officers who were suspended for cheating the payroll system. Seven Trenton cops, including three captains and a lieutenant, were disciplined with suspensions for altering the department's payroll system in their favor. The suspensions are detailed in the Trenton Police Department's annual major discipline report and to me this is just inexcusable they cheated these three captains a lieutenant a detective and two officers were each found to have violated the infraction of conduct unbecoming of a public employee and suspended for different amounts of work days none of them were demoted each was found to have violated the infraction of conduct unbecoming a public employee and suspended um, the report uses the, the same description of their infraction with their names substituted in. Uh, last year, they were suspected of manipulating their payroll records after they took vacation or sick time to make it appear they still had the time to use. So these officers 
retired effective May 1st, 2023, after reaching administrative disciplinary settlements with the city and their suspensions ranging from 51 to 111 days were deducted from their own time. The detectives and two officers were suspended 60 days and remain employed by the department. I I just hate that. I hate ripping off the taxpayers, and I hate just the idea that you need to cheat to get ahead. It it just, it drives me, drives me crazy. Drives me absolutely crazy. I must denounce Sam Yoon. Are you familiar with Sam Yoon? He is supposedly a rather brilliant academic and medical professional. He's a Columbia surgeon who repeatedly published flawed studies. In 2021, an academic journal quietly withdrew. A cancer study by Sam Yoon, the chief of a cancer surgery division at Columbia University's Medical Center, after finding that it had violated ethical guidelines. But it was not an isolated case. A British sleuth flagged 26 articles dating back to 2008 by Yoon and a more junior researcher for containing suspect data. The articles are now being investigated, but Yoon's case highlights a broader issue in the scientific publishing industry where a deep pool of unreliable research has gone unaddressed for years. How often do we see these stories of people who are cheating? I mean, to me, I think this is utterly unforgivable. Uh, (laughs) This was one that uh, our friend Igor in New Jersey sent me. A man was arrested for trying to smuggle a python in his pants. Can you imagine... Can you imagine a New York City man by the name of Calvin Batista was sentenced yesterday, Wednesday actually, to one year of probation and fined $5,000 for smuggling Burmese pythons pythons into the United States from Canada in 2018. Batista was sentenced in the Northern District of New York after previously admitting to smuggling three Burmese pythons into the U.S. during a bus ride from Montreal to New York City in July of 2018. The bus he was on passed through the Champlain Port of Entry in Clinton County, New York. I think this is terrible. The pythons were discovered when Customs and Border Patrol were reviewing Batista's passport and conducting a border search, according to Freed, according to the folks here. The young adult snakes were inside snake bags attached to his pants near his inner thigh. Ah! Can you imagine? Burmese pythons are not native to North America and are considered to be an invasive species. And this man did not have the permits nor the documentation required to bring them into this country. So, Mr. Batista, I do denounce you. I must also denounce... Tracy Soderstrom, a district judge in Lincoln County, who's now resigned, who was exchanging text messages like crazy 
during a murder trial. Uh, Lincoln County is in Oklahoma, by the way. She exchanged 500 text messages while she was on the bench listening to testimony during a murder trial. I mean, she exchanged the text messages with her bailiff while presiding over the trial of a man accused of beating a toddler to death. So she's resigned. And, um, I mean, how this woman became a judge when she exercises such poor judgment is beyond me. Um, She wrote in her resignation, I texted during a trial. It doesn't matter whether it was a traffic case or whether it was a divorce case or whether it was a first-degree murder case. I texted during a trial, and that was inappropriate. She was presiding over this trial, this murder trial that began in June when she put her personal cell phone in her lap, out of view of others in the courtroom, and texted continuously with the bailiff. Miss Soderstrom and the bailiff called murder trial witnesses liars. They admired the looks of a police officer who was testifying. They disparaged the local defense bar. They expressed bias in favor of the defendant and displayed gross partiality against the state. That's what the chief justice wrote in an opinion. They were about to oust her anyway. The judge and the bailiff derided the co-defendant, calling her a liar at least three times. When she was on the stand, the judge texted comments like, Can I please scream, liar, liar? While the judge and the bailiff texted, a man from Oklahoma, Christian Martzel, was on trial. He was charged with first-degree murder in the fatal beating of his girlfriend's two-year-old son. A jury found Mr. Martzel guilty of a lesser charge, second-degree manslaughter, and he was sentenced to time served, which was about five years. Um, If you're curious, the child's mother pled guilty back in 2019 to enabling child abuse and was sentenced to 25 years. She testified as a witness in this this trial. The judge's cell phone use came to public attention in July after a newspaper out there, the Oklahoman, published more than 50 minutes, 5-0, 50 minutes of courtroom security footage and reported that it showed the judge texting and scrolling Facebook during the trial. This is a woman who took office as a district judge just a year ago, January of 2023, after getting elected. This is yet another example, in my view, why we need cameras in the courtroom. You know, I, I was looking at that, uh, the coverage of Trump in that uh, court proceeding in Manhattan yesterday. We didn't get to see it. It's ridiculous. What a difference between what was going on in Georgia with Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade versus what was going on in Manhattan. In Georgia, we got to see every single second of what was going on, and it was riveting, and we learned a lot from it. And in Manhattan, that's not the case. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. If they're allowed to have reporters in there, if the public's allowed to go in there, they should be able to bring a camera in there and broadcast. And I truly believe that should be the case for federal federal trials as well. Tracy Soderstrom, I do denounce you. I must also denounce my son Deschamps, the content creator who scaled the Las Vegas sphere 
right before the Super Bowl and caused more than $100,000 in damage to the 366-foot-tall venue and taunted cops that he would not be convicted for the crime. Pro-life Spider-Man stomped, uh, that's what they call Mason Deschamps, stomped on countless lights as he climbed the illuminated dome as part of a stunt to raise money so that a homeless woman could cancel her abortion appointment. The native Las Vegan filmed the daring feat while pleading for followers to donate to his cause. This is absurd, okay? This guy has a large following and could have easily raised money for her online. There was no need to destroy $100,000 worth of property to raise money for your cause. It's ridiculous. Maison de Champs, I do denounce you. I must also denounce, we don't know this man's name, but chances are you know him by description. A guy shows up to a DUI impact panel, presumably because he was drinking and driving before, shows up drunk to his DUI impact panel and attacks a sheriff's deputy. Sauce for the goose, if ever there was any. A 41-year-old man is facing felony charges after he showed up intoxicated to a mandatory DUI impact panel and then attacked a Lake County Sheriff's deputy. This is in the Chicago area. According to the Lake County Sheriff's Office, the man was attending the panel um, on Wednesday night when he fell asleep. A sergeant at the facility attempted to wake the man up, informing him that in order to receive credit, he would need to be awake and alert. While he was speaking to the man, the sergeant noted that the individual's breath smelled of alcohol, and he asked him to leave the premises. And that's when the man became increasingly aggressive, shoving the sergeant. When the sergeant tried to take him into custody, the man started to resist arrest, leaving the sergeant with abrasions and bruises. Clearly, this is a guy that has some issues to work out. Unnamed drunk cop assaulter, I do denounce you. I must also denounce the Renaissance Newark Airport Hotel. I've never been to this hotel, but I I know people that have stayed there. And, you know, it's never been known as a particularly nice place, but what it has going for it is it's nice enough. It's convenient. And I like that, you know. I like staying in hotels, and I, I like the aspect of travel when, you know, um, they put you up in a hotel maybe near the airport or when you're not sure if you're going to be able to leave. Maybe you get an airport uh, you get an airport hotel room a day early. I like that whole thing once in a while. I mean, if you have to be somewhere, obviously it's, it's a bummer. Well, the Renaissance Newark Airport Hotel is warning guests at the check-in desk not to take showers at the hotel because of ongoing water testing after two guests last year were diagnosed with Legionnaire's disease, a serious form of pneumonia. A letter was handed to guests when they checked in. The hotel says it's working with health officials to chemically treat and permanently disinfect the hotel's water system to kill any remaining Legionella and prevent more from growing. I have to tell you, a hotel where you can't take a shower, that's not much of a hotel. 
That is a really big selling point of the whole hotel experience. Nice shower before bed. Nice shower before you head out to the airport. It's a big, big, big part. I mean, a hotel without a shower is just a bed. Uh, I want to denounce Selma Blair. Selma Blair is an actress who has apologized for posting what's been described as an Islamophobic tirade. This is uh, what she said. Uh, She was um, she sparked widespread condemnation over her since deleted comment to a post by immigration reform advocate Abraham Hamra assailing representatives Rashida Tlaib and Cori Bush for voting against a measure that would prevent anyone who took part in Hamas's attack on Israel from immigrating to the United States. Now, I'm not taking issue with how people voted on that thing, but listen to what her comment was. Thank you very much. Deport all these terrorists supporting goons. Islam has destroyed Muslim countries And then they come here and destroy minds. They know they are liars. Twisted justifications. May they meet their fate. Now, I think you know if you've listened to me, I really don't think highly of what's written in the Quran. And I think Islamic fundamentalism is just horrible. Um, And I think if you take what you're supposed to be doing as a Muslim, literally it leads to a dangerous situation. But for her to actually say that Islam is coming here to destroy minds, it just sounds so ignorant. I mean, I I have a lot of friends that are Muslim, and they're not here to destroy minds. And for her to say this and make a blanket statement like this, I um, I think it's absurd. Now, to her credit, she did apologize, and she said she is using the blowback to learn and better understand how words matter. So, still doesn't get her out of a denunciation. And lastly, I must announce Albuquerque, New Mexico. The city is the most dangerous city in the country to drive in. With high incidents of fatal car accidents, drunk drivers, and distracted drivers. That, according to... Forbes advisor report. Well, is it any wonder I've seen Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul? Everybody's on drugs in New Mexico. At least that's how this show makes it out to be. Uh, so Albuquerque, New Mexico, I do denounce you. If you have a comment on anyone that I have denounced, you may give me a call. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano.
27 minutes after the hour. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Here comes the weekend. Here we are. Uh, hopefully you're doing something fun this weekend. We are. Uh, we have a party to go to tonight, so uh, my mom is going to look after our son. And then tomorrow uh, we have um, really no major plans, but I'm taking Carmine for a haircut. And last time I took him for a haircut, he was very well-behaved but very scared. So we'll see how that goes. I was trying to psych him up today about it, or yesterday, and ask him, uh, you know, we're going for the haircut. And the first thing he mentions is lollipop, because he remembered from his previous haircuts he got a lollipop. And then he said, crying. And he was basically telling me that he's going to be crying at the thing. Then he says, I, I forget, I think he even said at one point, I'm going to cry. <laughs> so... So we'll see how that goes. <clears throat> and then Sunday we're going out to uh, see Rachel's family. There's, um, I think, two of her siblings and her mom who are all celebrating their birthday. They're, a lot of the February birthdays. So that'll be fun. Nice to see everybody who haven't been out there in a while. You know, our basement is unfinished, like a lot of people's basements. So we have a ping pong table down there. We have an air hockey table down there. And we've been doing this ping pong tournament every spring. Now, this year will be the third year, which I'm looking forward to. I think it's it's a lot of fun. People seem to enjoy it. This year, we're going to try and do it for charity, which we did not do in the previous two years. We're going to have everybody bring $10 and uh, have the w- top two finishers, the winner and the first runner-up, have the money go to whatever their favorite charities are that they're playing for. So uh, that's the that's the plan. But... My wife said to me yesterday, she said, you know, the the basement is, now it's unfinished. Basically, it's just concrete. The walls are just concrete. It's very drab. And if we're going to have 30 or 40 people there every year, and you're constantly going to be having people over for ping pong, which is great, I'd like to do a little something to dress it up a little bit. Uh, What do you want to do? She had the idea of putting up flags she said you know it's all empty wall space why don't we put up all sorts of flags of carmine's heritage you know on my side he's italian so we'll get an italian flag and then on rachel's side she's uh part irish uh part polish and uh part russian and so we'll get those flags for for her side she said well anything else i said well what about the American flag, the city flag, and the state flag, and the borough flag. We can put all four of those up. Great. So she's down for that. So we have a good flag plan going. And then I also suggested, you know, I think it would be nice to show a little respect for the office if we had a photo of whoever the president was, whoever the governor was, whoever the mayor was, and whoever the borough president was. Because we had that discussion a while ago. People used to do that. They used to have people's, the president's photo up in their homes as a sign of respect. And I'd love to bring that back, but we don't really have the wall space. Maybe we put it in the basement. So she said, okay. So what we're trying to figure out, again, it's just concrete walls. We're trying to figure out how to attach the flags to the walls. And... I looked online, which usually has an answer for everything, and I didn't find any great ideas. Nothing really seems quite perfect. You can't use tacks. You can't even really use tape. 
I don't think you can use glue. You can't glue a flag. Do you know of a way to attach flags, cloth flags, presumably, to a concrete wall like that of in an unfinished basement? Do you know of one? Call me if you do, 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Or if you are listening on the podcast or you think of it later, email me. Frank.Morano at RedAppleAudioNetworks.com. That's Frank.M-O-R-A-N-O at RedAppleAudioNetworks.com. Joaquin is in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Hi, Hello, Frank. Joaquin. Have you ever seen the commercials for Alien Tape? I have. You know, we used that, and uh, the, the problem we... First of all, I'm not sure that would work with, with a flag well, but we... No, tr- no, no. You, you use the Alien Tape, and then you put hooks on the Alien Tape. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, well, I mean, what kind of hooks? I don't know. My wife gets these hooks that have stickies that you can stick on the wall or whatever, you know, just a simple kind of, you know, I don't know. I, I don't do the home decorating, but she hangs stuff with certain hooks. So you could probably get a hook that has like a back to it and stick it to the alien tape. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll give that. Well, I, I will. I will write it down. I'll, maybe we'll give it a shot. Now. Do you remember an old war movie called A Walk in the Sun? A Walk in the Sun? No. I've seen An Empire in the Sun, but I've never seen A Walk in the Sun. It's from the 40s, right? You want want to know something funny, though? I am the biggest William Shatner fan, and I hate Star Trek. Well, I think that's very common. I think Shatner has a career, and he's not in that picture. But um, he he has a career that transcends Star Trek. I mean, he's great in Boston Legal. He's great in T.J. Hooker. He's great as a as a pitchman on television. He's great as a spoken word artist. He's great just as a personality. I, I think you know Star Trek was three years of his life as a TV show, plus you know uh, seven movies, right? So I mean, there's so much more to Shatner's but, career than Star Trek. But if you go back. He was in a lot of the old Western series and some Western movies. Him and Leonard Nimoy both were. Yeah, they're actually in an episode in of The Man from Uncle together. Yes. Now, do you know a guy named Carl Otto Alberti? Carl, Carl, give me the name again. Carl Otto Alberti. I don't think I do, no. Okay, well, you brought up Kelly's Heroes, which is a fantastic movie. I, I, I have to hand it to you when you pick that one out. Remember the German tank commander? The um, at, at the end? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Oh, he was in so many World War II movies as the German. I mean, he was in the Battle of the Bulge. This guy was just incredible. What is that the actor you're talking about? That's the actor, yes. Oh, I see. Okay, I didn't know that was his name. Okay, that's, uh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, what other war movies was, was he in? Uh, he was in the Battle of the Bulge. He was in, I think, in Kelly's Hero. Well, Kelly's Heroes, of course. Um, there was a whole list. I can't even remember the rest of them. Okay, yeah, so, uh, I just looked him up. I've seen some of these films, um, but uh, yeah, it looks like he always does play a a German. He's always oh, in The Great Escape, which I love. That's another one of my escape, favorites. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, also, you know who the quintessential cowboy is? John Wayne. No, he's not. I, I you know, I love John Wayne. I love uh, Clint Eastwood, but the quintessential cowboy really is Sam Elliott. Oh, love Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott is phenomenal. He's he's now a voice on uh, one of my favorite shows, Family Guy. He plays the mayor. Uh, the, mm-hmm. It's mayor. He plays Mayor uh, Wild West on there. 
He's he's phenomenal. I love Sam Elliott. And number two has to be Robert Duvall, because if you really think about people back in those days, you know, these two guys really represented. Well, uh, yeah. If, well, uh, in terms of westerns, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, in what? Terms of even, what? Uh, have you seen the Have you seen the uh, eighteen eighty three on Paramount? No, I haven't seen that. Oh my gosh! If you love westerns, you have to watch this. It's just incredible. Is it a series or it's a film? It's like a mini series. I see. You know, see, it's Joaquin. My it. issue, and uh, Joaquin, thank you. That's one of your best calls, I must say. My issue is I have such limited time. Right, and so I am not ready to commit to another television series at this point in my life. I have a lengthy list on my mobile phone in my note app of shows that I am told that I would love, that everyone who has seen them loves, but I have not seen one minute of one episode. And everyone says they're great, but I I just, you know, I don't have the time. 800-848-9222. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. James is in St. Louis. James, what can I do about this basement situation with the flags? Yeah, just put it on like a, a thin clothesline and string up the flags and attach them to the studs in the ceiling. Well, so I like this idea. Wait, so I get a clothesline, a thin clothesline, and then I attach the clothesline to what exactly? To the studs in the ceiling. To the studs and the ceiling. So what do I use? A nail for that? Yeah, nail, a staple. And then use the clothesline and put it through the holes of the flag. Yeah, through the holes of the flag. That's that's not bad, James. Uh, See, I always knew the KMOX listenership was was quite intelligent, and you've proved it. Proven it. (laughs) Thank you, James. Appreciate that. That's good. I like that. 800-848-9222. John in New Jersey. Hi. Hey, Frank. Yeah, uh, You could, uh, something a little easier than that, actually, is, you know what a grommet is? I don't. What is that? A, a grommet, G-R-O-M-M-E-T. It's like a little circular punch. It's got two sides to it. You put it in the corner of the flag through the fabric. You get a little tool, just stamps it in, and you can hang it wherever you want. You could hang it from a from the suspended ceiling or from any kind of hook. So I'm looking at the photo of a grommet. It looks it's like looks like a ring or edge strip inserted into a hole. Um, how does it connect to the cement wall? That's what I'm not clear on. You could any anything you want. You tie a string to it. Tie a rope, like the guy before was saying. Hmm. All right, I'm putting grommet on the list. Sorry, what, right. what were you gonna say? Go ahead, finish your call, your thought. Well, any any kind of any kind of wall fastening you put in put into concrete. Okay, I you know I'm unfamiliar with this. It does look familiar. I will look at this. Thank you, John. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Jacqueline in Brooklyn. Hi, Jacqueline. Good morning, Frank. Morning. I know since you are not, let's say, the handiest person from what I've heard you say. <laughs> well, that's true, but but I will add though that I have a lot of friends and family members that are handy and are usually willing to help. But you're right, I am far from uh, Bob Vila. Okay, well, if you want to be independent and you prefer to do it yourself, um, command hooks. Look it up online. They have a phone number you can call also. I don't know if it would adhere to concrete, but I don't see why it wouldn't. And it's a hook itself, 
and then you can remove it. So you can, it's probably the easiest thing that you can do. The other thing, I don't know what you're planning on doing with the floor. I have an unfinished basement with concrete walls and concrete floor. And at Home Depot, you can get paint that would uh, be appropriate for concrete, and they come in an array of beautiful colors. And then if you want to get some inexpensive area rugs, you can put it on top of the painted concrete floor as well. I like that. That's a great idea, one that we hadn't thought about, Jacqueline. Thank you for both. Those are very good. You're welcome. So command strips, I, I like it. Okay. 800-848-9222. Don in New Jersey. What do you have for us, Don? Hey there, John. How you doing? I'm actually Frank, but uh, I am doing fine. just fine. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Hey, how about Velcro, Velcro, Velcro strips? Velcro strips. So would that yeah. that would stick to concrete? Uh, yeah, sure. You just take the one side, you know, the one that has the Velcro on it. The other side has the um, the plastic piece side of it that sticks to the Velcro. And you kind of you, know, you put the one side of the tape on a flag. The other side right on a concrete wall and there you go you won't uh, you won't see any hooks hanging you won't see any cables i like that if that will work you know? that sounds simple and inexpensive yeah. and relatively quick you don't have to paint the floors you're not doing stuff. well we don't have to paint the floors anyway jacqueline was just saying if you wanted to do that just as a you know in addition to whatever else i was doing i like that okay velcro strips i will you know what i'll, I'll try uh this weekend, I'll pick up some Velcro strips. We have to go and get something at, at uh, the hardware store anyway, so I'll pick up some Velcro strips, and I'll try it with one, and I'll see if that works. Don, thank you. 800-848-9222. Pamela is in New Jersey. Hi, Pamela. Hey. Um, since you have four major countries, uh, purchase larger flags with a long staff pole and put them in big flower pots, and that will cover the entire wall. You spread them out, and you can use sand, or you can use even uh, plaster Paris, or or even, you know, whatever material you want to stick the staff in. Oh, so this is interesting. Wait, so get, get you know, a, a few flower pots, and then fill the flower pots with, with sand or something, put a, a flagpole in the flower pot, and put the flag on the pole. Correct, correct. And uh, you can get the flower pots. I know uh, this time of year, Big Lot starts to have like the huge flower pots. And uh, you, you can put those outside or inside your house for big plants or for something like this. And if you have four and they're huge, they will take up the whole wall space. I, I like that a lot, Pamela. Thank you. Uh, that's a good one. All right. We got some good suggestions here. I'm going to try a few of these. I, I got them all written here and we'll, we'll do these. That's, that, this is a good list. Thank you. We have a smart audience. I appreciate that. All right. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. You're also free to email me as well. Frank.Morano at RedAppleAudioNetworks.com or participate in the Facebook group. And we're especially welcoming anybody that's nice. Just go to Facebook.com slash groups slash Radio Morano and uh, you can contribute to any any of the subjects that we're discussing on the show, whether you agree, whether you disagree, whatever you have to add, feel free to do that. All right. Uh, 800-848-9222. There is an element of science fiction that is about to become science fact. And I think this is pretty exciting. I'll tell you what it is straight ahead. Other side of midnight. 
Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. The name game. Shirley, 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 Bo Burley, Bo Nana, Banana, Bo Burley, Be Fine, Mo Merley. Shirley. Lincoln, 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 Bo Bingen, Bo Nana, Banana, Bo Bingen, Be Fine, Mo Mingen. Forty-six minutes after the hour. This, of course, the name game by the great Shirley Ellis. You know, it's funny in the movie Maestro. The I think the only song that's not a song by Leonard Bernstein, Steinstein, is. A Shirley Ellis song. It's not this one, but it's it's another one, uh, and it's just a reminder to of how great she she was. She's really just an incredible, incredible performer, if ever there was one. All right, uh, we're gonna get back to your calls in just a minute. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. This is really exciting. Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory has published an extensive paper confirming the validity of its 2022 fusion experiment where multiple lasers focused on a sphere of deuterium and tritium to achieve the first fusion ignition in a laboratory. Creating nuclear fusion is relatively easy to produce. All you need are the conditions that place hydrogen isotope ions under the right conditions of heat and pressure to cause them to fuse into helium. In fact, it's so easy that it was the centerpiece of a GE exhibit that ran for 10 hours a day at the 1964 World's Fair. The tricky bit is to achieve nuclear nuclear fusion while getting more energy out than you put in, which is called fusion ignition. And until December of 2022... This had only been accomplished on Earth inside a hydrogen bomb. But on December 5th, 2022, and now this is confirmed, at the Lawrence Livermore facility, 192 laser beams focused on a deuterium-tritium cryogenic target delivered 2.05 MJ of ultralight. The target fused and generated 3.15. MJ of energy output. In other words, fusion ignition. This is incredible. The stakes of what this means for the world are enormous. You know, uh, there was a pioneer in this. Uh, He's not involved, I don't think, in this specific experiment, but he's trying to do other things with nuclear fusion. He's quoted as saying, we'll need something else to fight over because nuclear fusion could end energy wars. That's the word from a pioneer who has studied this stuff. This is extraordinary. I can't overstate the potential for humanity on this one. And in a major paper published in a very respected scientific publication, Physical Review Letters, hundreds of scientists have confirmed this earlier reported experiment at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, which proved that nuclear fusion can be used to generate energy. I just linked to the article 
on my Facebook page. You can read it for yourself, facebook.com slash MoranoFam. But uh, there's also a video on there, which is pretty cool. And in it, multiple lasers were focused on a sphere of deuterium and tritium to achieve this first fusion ignition in a lab which yielded net energy. It generated more energy than was required to achieve the fusion. This sort of a development may open the door to ways in which the virtually unlimited supply of clean energy can do all sorts of things. Fusion promises to provide unlimited supplies of energy. If you can create more energy than you put into it, then there's no limit to what we can do. This could be used to slow and maybe even reverse global warming without, you know, the very difficult and expensive task, quite frankly, of cutting greenhouse gases. You know, one of the people that's been commenting on this a great deal is John Banzaf. A, uh, he's, he's a law professor, but he's a very smart guy. He has several patents. He's uh, an MIT-educated person. And this is especially important in light of a recent, very pessimistic report on where we are with climate change these days and that the Earth's surface temperature is going to increase over the current century, even under, you know, the best-case scenario. So there's a couple of ways in which fusion energy might help. Fusion power generation could help reduce uh, global warming in a few different ways. One, fusion reactors could replace the need to use fossil fuels like oil, coal, and natural gas with all the emissions that come with that to heat buildings, even whole cities, and to power plants now using heat from burning, they can use this, fusion power. Fusion power has no limits if you can get it to work. That's the word from the CEO of Salesforce, who's a major investor in Commonwealth Fusion Systems. So obviously he's got a vested interest in this. But their their whole thing is creating compact fusion power plants. And that company explains that nuclear fusion could provide limitless clean energy with almost zero pollution and no radiation or radioactive waste. Can you imagine? The company on its website predict. Now, again, they're in this business. So obviously they have an interest in hyping this up as much as they can. They predict one glass of water will provide enough fusion fuel hydrogen for one person's entire lifetime. Can you imagine that? Since the feasibility of powering cars and trucks and probably also trains and ships, maybe even airplanes one day, with batteries charged by electricity generated by power plants has been established, the burning of gasoline for all those transportation purposes could also be reduced, if not totally eliminated. We could, in the very near future be driving fusion-powered cars, fusion-powered trains. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, so we'll see. Also, another way of using this new and very rapidly emerging technology might be to provide almost incomprehensible energy necessary to make it possible to increase Earth's orbit 
by the tiny amount necessary to completely overcome global warming. We've talked about that with Dr. Sky. Obviously, that's really premature, but actually kind of, they call it cosmic nudging. But basically, move us a little bit farther away from the sun. And I know that sounds far-fetched. I know it sounds like science fiction. But now, the prospect of limitless energy, clean energy, without radioactive waste, it's making all of this possible for the first time. At least the dream of it is possible. This is incredibly encouraging. Incredibly encouraging. So, it's a big day. Big day. And yet, you know, I'm sure... We, we can uh, we can cover what's going on uh, the silliness of the uh, of of the presidential campaign that's that's for sure all right 800-848-9222. john is in blue point hello john hey frank how are you nice to talk to you it's great to talk to uh, you thanks john yeah just getting back to your concrete wall dilemma do you know you have a board foundation or a block foundation i i w- what was the first one board or block I don't know. I don't know. How old is the house? It's from the 50s. Yeah, uh, it could be either way. But anyway, I would use, I would go get a concrete drill bit. They make them. And, you know, like a quarter inch. Drill two holes, even up, you know, on either side where the flag is going to be. And then you get the anchors, the plastic anchors. They push it to the hole. And then you can put a screw in there or a hook, whatever you want to do. All right, so the first step is what exactly? A concrete drill bit. They're like a diamond-coated drill bit that goes right into concrete. Okay. I may even have one of those, actually. I do have a drill with a lot of different bits in there. And so I... You want to make sure you buy a good one because, you know what, if it's old and used, they're only good for usually one or two times, you know? Okay. Well, I appreciate that one, John. No problem. Or you can use concrete nails, but they they can be a pain. Oh, concrete nails. Why are those a pain? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't use them on blocks. It's blocks tend to break if they, you know, if they cracked it. But uh, you got to pound them. But they do work. You can put them into concrete. All right. Thank you, John. You know, so far I'm liking this Velcro strip idea. But I also like that flower pot idea. I thought that was pretty clever as well. Peter is in Springfield, Massachusetts. Hi, Peter. Hi. How you doing, Frank? I'm I'm great. I'm like a night owl on steroids, wide awake and ready to party. <laughs> I got a real simple way for you to put up those flags. Let's hear it. I just have one question. Do you want the flags lengthwise or it doesn't matter? I was thinking of that. And they go down the wall? I I, I think they can. Yeah, why not? You take cup hooks, right? You put them into the studs, and then you get a thin curtain rod and you hang it on the cup hook, and you put the flag through the curtain rod, and you space it out between each flag. Simple, can be done quickly, end of story. Yeah, that actually does sound relatively simple. I like that. So uh, curtain rod and cup hooks, that's not bad. I Even I can figure that one out. And and I just have, you were talking about this uh, scientific uh, discovery, yeah, right? Yeah, fusion, fusion, clean energy. Have you heard of time crystals? No, lay it on me. They, uh, scientists have discovered, or actually they made something called time crystals, 
which without much energy can create perpetual motion. Wow. I'm not, that's, that's above my pay grade, but look into it, and I think you will be fascinated about this whole thing with time crystals. Now, if you remember, when we were kids, we could power a radio with crystals. Right. So imagine, uh, do you have time? Well, you, you know what? Look it up. I will. I will. This is uh, this is interesting. I will look into this. Peter, thank you for the flag advice as well. I appreciate that. Thank you. 800-848-9222 if we didn't get to you. Um, email me if you like, frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. Until next hour, your influence counts. Be sure to use it. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.